Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for the 58th episode of the Pod Ones Podcast. I'm your host, Char Char J, joined by my co-host, Luke. How's it going, everybody? And Harris Productions. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone's having a great day so far. We're going to be discussing Season 7, Episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8, which is the Martez Sisters arc or Ahsoka's Walkabout arc. Uh, we're going to be diving into a lot of Ahsoka, the Martez Sisters, a hint of Bo-Katan, uh the pike syndicate and all that good stuff so are we ready to bring in our guest for today hold on char you always do this you gotta (laughs) never would have made it as obi-wan's battle you might make it as mine and we're back one of these days you will get it okay well you were kind of cutting out a little bit so uh give me some leeway um But anyway, so we have one guest for today's arc, and she is a returner to the Pod Ones podcast, specifically for our Clone Wars rewatch. She was a guest on episode 34, the Night Sisters arc, and she comes back to talk about the Martez sisters and Ahsoka. Let's bring in Hannah at Discount Bo-Katan. Ooh, hello! How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. You excited to talk about today's arc? So excited. It's one of the... uh... One of the the more looked down on arcs I know, so I'm I'm hoping to bring the Martez sisters some justice. Hell yeah! There you go. There you go. There you go. Hannah, people follow you. Where can we find where, where can we find you on social media? He he's kind of cutting out his Wi-Fi. Sorry, yeah, just was like, <laughs> I was like I'm I'm trying to decode it. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh on TikTok at discount Bo-Katan. Um, and also um, on Instagram under the same name or uh, at HM Peterson on Instagram, which is linked through my TikTok if you're having trouble spelling it. Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah. So you are the only guest today. So all of our questions are going to be towards you and we will talk about them a little bit. So you're going to get the the whole grand uh, scheme of things. So hopefully uh, Luke has his Wi-Fi figured out. But um over he's gonna restart his stuff okay so without further ado let's dive into this arc all right so we begin with season five oh no season season seven episode five five. (laughs) season seven episode five gone with the trace and obviously uh i don't know if uh hannah was around for this when i started doing the godfried uh impressions she wasn't she wasn't so the first arc you were on hannah i was just reading the plot summaries with tom kane's voice but as of the Zygeria arc and onward, I've been reading them with Gilbert Gottfried's voice, and it gets pretty loud. So the viewers, Hannah, I just want to give you a headphone warning, okay? Gotcha. All right. Season 7, Episode 5, Gone with a Trace. Once again, headphone warning. Betrayal! Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano was wrongly accused of treason by the Jedi Council and hunted by the Grand Army of the Republic. Believing his apprentice was innocent, 
Anakin Skywalker discovered the true villain was Ahsoka's close friend, Barriss Afi. Unable to reconcile her relationship with the Jedi Order, Ahsoka decided to walk away from the only life she had ever known. All right, cool. We're back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, you're going to get three more of those. So, uh, hopefully, uh, they all end up being good. Harith is my biggest critic. So, Harith, <laughs> uh, go ahead and uh, out of two, five on everyone in the chat, go ahead and rate that out of five. I'll go three out of five. Too much face crunch. <laughs> I do that all the time. Okay. All right. So, we'll dive into this arc. Hopefully, Luke is back by then, but I'm going to start off this episode. Okay. So, let's dive in. The first episode gone with a trace. The moral is if there is no path before you create your own. And this, this dives deep within everyone. Like if there's, if you want to make something of yourself, you, you open your own doors, you create your own doors and you make yourself your own way of life. And cause you know, there's sometimes there's people that are followers and there's some people that are leaders. And sometimes it's the way that, that life goes. And with Ahsoka's, um, a certain stance in the Clone Wars at this point in time, she is making her own path because she was used to the life that she always lived with the Jedi. And now she's a completely different person at this point. Um, so we're going to dive in. So we first see Ahsoka going, um, transitioning through the plot summary. We see Ahsoka on her speeder going through level 1313 on Coruscant, which is, of course, the lower levels, which... The lower you go, the, the worse the crime gets. And her speeder starts to break down, her repulsor blows, and she lands on the, the docking platform where the uh, where Trace and Rafa Martez are. So and Trace is working on her ship, which later on in the arc is called the, uh, I believe it's the Silver Angel. Yeah, the Silver Angel. And she uh, goes to Ahsoka and says, yeah, that bike's trash. You need to fix this, but it's going to cost you because everything down here costs money. And... There's a there's a, a criminal uh, a crime boss named Pintu who confronts Trace because her sister Rafa is very into the business side of all of their schemes and she owes Pintu a lot of money. So Pintu's thugs go and attack Trace, but at the same time Ahsoka owes her money. So Ahsoka's just sitting out and just waiting and then when Trace needs her help, Trace is like, "Yeah, you can help." And then Ahsoka just plows right through them. And it's so funny looking at how much she has retained as a Jedi, but at the same time, her personality has changed too. And Hannah, I want to ask you after the events of season five, where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi order, how do you think, how do you um, look at the galaxy as a whole different? How do you look at the galaxy differently as a citizen of the Republic instead of a Jedi? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's so special about this arc in particular is that we're we've stepped away from the Jedi and we're we're sort of seeing it through the eyes of the disenfranchised and Coruscant. Um, and I think that seeing Ahsoka adapt to that life is really revealing um, mm -hmm. about like you know what the Jedi do and don't understand about the civilians, what the civilians do and don't understand about the Jedi. I also think. The the moment that you mo uh, that you mentioned about where you know Trace says stay out of it and she's clearly getting her ass handed to her and Ahsoka just like 
you know, standing there watching, not even trying, like, I guess she's respecting Trace's boundary, but good God, like, <laughs> what if she was, like, I figure, so if she was really in dire straits, Ahsoka would have been like, screw it, and intervened regardless. But like, the fact that she waits to be tagged in, yeah. when she could have just, from the beginning, made it all go away is, I don't know, I don't know if that's a, um, that's a brutal Ahsoka moment, or I don't, I don't know what that is, but but Trace, um, Trace did put up a good fight. She did. She she handles herself really well throughout this um this arc, and it's you know it makes sense. It makes sense in the way that Ray being a good fighter makes sense because when you're alone in a really rough and tumble world, interfacing with these sketchy characters on the regular, you're gonna pick up some things. Um, mm -hmm. so I think that that was like. You know, it's nice that the sisters can handle themselves. Um, it's just that Ahsoka has an unnatural level of ability. Um, mm -hmm. So when she's saving them, it's not because they're, you know, helpless civilians. And I think it's nice for her to see that, you know, they these people can put up a fight themselves without the Jedi being like their saviors or whatever. But, you know, ultimately... Um, it is her sort of like moral duty to use her heightened abilities to, to be able to help out. But I don't know. I just, I just think it's, it's all very like we're, we're pulling back the curtain a little bit on the galaxy, um, yeah. which is obviously the intention. Yeah. And I agree. Cause I think we started seeing the seeds of it around season five during the Ahsoka uh, on the run arc with like people like going up to the Jedi temple and like starting riots and that kind of stuff. And we already kind of like get little like seeds of it in like, outside media in the clone wars but like this is i feel like the first time in seasons like seven we really see what the normal ordinary citizens of the republic of like what they're doing during this time period because for the most part again later on in the arc we see like how trace and rafa look at the jedi order and i feel like that's kind of starting you're kind of seeing that little transition to revenge of the sith with how palpatine starting to scheme around and making the jedi look to be evil so you're kind of like already kind of seeing the little puzzle pieces start to get locked into place with that Mm -hmm. and like the war itself is already convincing people that the jedi are not what everyone looks at them as and you see this with the riots that were going on outside the temple with syndralic and so uh anakin talking and there's people with signs marching and yeah i mean it was already like self-sabotage at that point but it just made it easier for palpatine to sway uh the acceptance of the jedi so <clears throat> knowing that Trace and Rafa have past traumas with the Jedi makes Ahsoka's presence even more interesting going on throughout this arc. And, yeah. <clears throat> and there's also, I to interject really quickly, that this makes me think of a passage from one of the recent comics. Um, I think it was in the Crimson Rain run, um, but it, it was this this character called the Archivist who studies like the history of, of force wielders. Um, and she was talking about how, you know, Palpatine gradually erased Jedi from the collective memory. And it was like, there's this quote, and I wish I could remember it exactly, but it's something like, um, as much as the people, you know, loved and looked up to the Jedi on some level, they hated them um, because it's difficult to look at people who have become their absolute best selves because it reminds you that you haven't. Um, which makes it so much easier to turn like the world at large against the Jedi. And I think also, you know, some 
I think, you know, Trace and Rafa, as we find out later in the episode, have a, a, a level of much more legitimate beef with mm-hmm. the Jedi. But I think there's some, you know, atmosphere of resentment just in general for it's like, who are these people who, you know, have reached Nirvana and get superpowers because of it, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> I know exactly what you mean. And I, I I like how you bring up that point from Crimson Rain that there's a lot of good stuff in Crimson Rain. If you haven't read Crimson Rain, go ahead and read that. And yeah, so we continue with what happens with this arc. So after Trace and Ahsoka take care of Pintu and his thugs, we go and we meet Rafa. And Rafa is in charge of this laundromat to kind of hide up her schemes. And because it's kind of like uh, like Breaking Bad, how Gus Fring has a laundromat and everything underwards is where all the business takes place. But we meet Rafa and Trey says, yeah, I was attacked by Pintu. Are you going to pay him back? And Rafa says, yeah, we got a job. Uh, I got a job that could be good for all of us. And Trey says, is it legitimate or is this just some casual job? Because it seems to me that Trace has a past of Rafa not getting any lucrative work. And so and then we see them progress and the group getting closer, but also at the same time spreading apart because of Ahsoka. Um, because Rafa and Ahsoka have a little bit of a, a have some tension throughout this entire arc. And she doesn't even know that she's a Jedi yet at this point. And like throughout the episode, we see Rafa continue to fall into her own problems and doubt Ahsoka. Uh, do you think Rafa distrusts everyone because of the tragic loss of her parents? I mean, yeah, that's got to, you know, mess you up pretty hard, especially when, you, you know, I don't know how young they were when this happened. Um, it's how many years ago? So it's, it was it's zero. The head is breaking out of jail. Is that the Clone Wars movie or that's not? No, movie. this is the end of season it was one. End of season one. And then it went. It was this, this, the, so the like, Senate, the Senate hostage crisis. So like three, ish, yeah. three, four years ago. Um, I think that she probably wasn't. She's probably what fourteen then when it happened. I'd say because um, I think she's like a year or two older than Ahsoka, from what I gather, just like looking at them all together. Um, so I guess it's not like she totally grew up from scratch, you know, not having anyone. She knew what it was like to have a trusting, loving home, and then she had it taken away from her at an age where you're already kind of like coming into your own as a person you know building like what is eventually going to become your worldview um you know middle early high school is a very formative time for a person to like develop their personal philosophical beliefs or whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i think the timing is really like kind of a kind of a major factor uh when this inherently traumatic thing happened to her it was just at the absolute worst possible time for her personal development um so yeah i I think that especially as as a teenage girl fighting for herself suddenly alone she's very quickly going to develop pretty intense trust issues and i think trace being a little bit younger and having like an older figure in the picture in rafa um maybe didn't develop them quite so intensely because she just she wasn't the one who was fighting for their collective survival quite as hard. Yeah, I see what you mean. And with Ahsoka understanding what has happened with Trace and Rafa with the loss of their parents and that this, that the Jedi don't really care, that they don't show any uh, 
sympathy for people that are victims on their home on on the the capital of the galaxy and it's just sad to hear because we just see those those two because we see one is the the talkative business person then we see one as the the hands-on mechanical sister and it's just knowing how they got there because of jedi trauma and with ahsoka learning this it's it's super revealing in how these characters develop throughout this arc knowing that they are capable but at the same time they still have a lot of sadness within them because they miss their parents rafa holds a grudge against the jedi because of it um and trace is still upset about it too and i that's it for the first episode um are we is luke gonna come back or or no i, I can take two you're okay, okay you can take episode two all right go ahead well i mean yes they'll do the blossom reverb that's right <laughs> i caught okay, you on that so one <laughs> that one's did catch three. Me. okay so now we dive into season seven episode six deal no deal all right obviously of course gilbert godfrey headphone warning three two one crossroads after leaving the Jedi Order, Ahsoka Tano finds herself far away from the life she once knew. Here in the underworld of Coruscant, she meets Trace Martez, an aspiring pilot, and her older sister Rafa, a streetwise gambler with lofty aspirations. In their sh short time together, Ahsoka realizes not everyone sees the Jedi as heroes, a lesson she only recently learned herself. Wow. There we go. There we go. Okay. Harith, go ahead and take it away. Well, I got to rank that a four out of five, but that's probably the most positive ranking I'll ever give you. Okay. You okay not, except that always. But anyway, moving into the episode, we start uh, after they finally recover the droids and we get back to the ship and Trace is working on mechanically on the Silver Angel. We get like the first mentioning name drop of that and they have like a funny back and forth about it. Uh, Ahsoka starts pointing out issues with the ship that Trace doesn't understand. And Trace is like, how the hell do you know that? And so they, we move a little bit forward. And Ahsoka's like, like, well, I learned that from Skywalker Academy. And mm. again, segueing into the question here. With Ahsoka mentioning Skywalker Academy, it's clear that Ahsoka still harbors feelings for the Jedi Order. Why do you think she still has these feelings after, for them after this trial? I wouldn't say that she has feelings for the Jedi Order in that moment as much as she does for Anakin, you know, like her personal mentor, Anakin, who advocated for her throughout that entire ordeal. Um, I think that's probably where her homesickness lies. But at the same time, you know, just because you've been screwed over by a group of people, like the only home you've ever known, doesn't mean that you're automatically going to drop any sort of care that you had for them. Um, I think that it was incredibly difficult for her to make that decision to leave. Um, so, you know, that's going to come with a little bit of like holding on to her, her past life. But I think in that particular moment, I see it more as like, she misses her big brother a little bit more so than she misses being a Jedi, you know? Yeah. I, Again, I personally view it as, like, I view it similar, but I also kind of view it differently. Like, I don't think she inherently blames everyone on the Jedi Order for her trial. I think she blames key members of, like, mm -hmm. on the council. Like, I would say, like, Yoda, Kiyadi Mundi, like, a couple others that, like, bowed positive against you. I don't know who was that. I think she blames that section of the Jedi Order, but I don't think she 
harbor again like has any distrust for like anakin obi-wan like those type members the people that Plo Koon, like people that actually were helping her out this entire time so again i think it's like she's in this very emotional state of like I'm trying to accept what was and what is now. So I think that's just kind of yeah. where her headspace is at right now. Uh, Char, how do you view that? Oh, no. Uh, Hannah was right on the point. I don't think that Ahsoka has anything against Anakin at all. And and you see that a little bit when they leave the area on Coruscant, when they fly past the ship. And she still harbors um, a close connection with Anakin. I think it's just the Jedi Council, the Jedi Order, um, except for Anakin, obviously, it's it's a complicated situation. I would say, especially with Ahsoka, knowing that they are right around the corner, and Ahsoka wants to wants to hide away from it, but at the same time, later at the end of this arc, we know that she can't, and we we understand that Anakin and Ahsoka are two of the same people in a sense, and when they were doing something, I forgot what it was exactly, but I remember Ahsoka saying, or Rafa was asking, how did you learn that? And Ahsoka says, my brother taught me. And it just further um, uh, connects that uh, Anakin and Ahsoka were like, like a brother and sister combination and they worked so well together. And when you see Anakin, when she flies by in the ship and you see the very return of the Jedi esque moment, where Ahsoka's like, I sense him. He's right there. And Anakin's like, oh, I miss her. But in due time, we'll see her again. So that was my thoughts. No, like that whole section of like, like you said, like when them are going up past the Republic lane and you get, the, again, like, like you mentioned, they're trying to get a scene. Like, like that's probably honestly one of the most emotional scenes in this arc because you just see what is happening and Anakin's so self-aware of what's going on. He's like, no, I'm going to let her go. Like what happens, what happens. I'm just going to let her do her own thing. It's just, oh, it's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Harith, go ahead and continue. Yeah. So again, they, again, Trace, Rafa like goes up to Trace kind of fast forward and back a little bit because you mentioned that. Uh, she's like, Hey, we got a mission. Um, we had a pilot, we backed out. And then she's like, but Trace, you can come along with, and like, Ahsoka's like, okay, this is really weird. This is a really weird dynamic, but I'm going to kind of just make sure everything kind of goes. Okay. I'm going to like tag along anyway. Rafa pulls Ahsoka aside. Like, what's your angle here? And Ahsoka's like angle. Like, what do you mean by angle? And Rafa's just like being, you know, just kind of like how she is. She has like that cynical worldview of like, People are only like one way. They're looking to get like angles and like rewards out of everything, even though Ahsoka in reality is just doing what she thinks is best by helping them. And so they, they take off Republic Lane incident. Anakin shoots off into hyperspace and they arrive on Kessel and they land down next to royalty. And they have this whole meeting about getting spice. And it's, again, Roth is being very vague of what's going on. And so is learning everything as fast as possible. You get Trace mentioning that she flies a pilot two different times, and she was going to mention it a third time, and then they're like, they're like, you're, you're a good pilot. And Oh, no, she was she was talking about her ship. Yeah, she, she was like, flexing her ship. She's like, I, I got a great ship. I got a great ship. And we're like, we, okay, we, we get it, Trace. She's so excited. <laughs> like, she really, you can smell how young she is uh, in every segment of this scene where she's like standing up and getting excited. And it's she's like, like jumping up and like, I got a ship. And everyone's like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like a five-year-old kid that just wants to be admired. 
<laughs> she was like, I did a good thing. Say thank you. <laughs> Look at my toy. This is a nice toy. <laughs> it's nice and shiny. Compliment me. And then God. they just don't acknowledge her. But I mean, hey, I like the excitement from Trace. And I love how her and Rafa are so different in some aspects. And that's one of them. And again, like, once more, we, we go a little bit forward. They finally get the spice on their ship. And then they fly over from the next part of Kessel, which is all like, like a forest-type planet, over to what we see in Solo with... Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Like the Maelstrom. Yeah, the Acme's some like 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 slave area, and then like they fly overhead, and Trace is like, "Wait, those are droids," and Ahsoka's like, "Those aren't droids." And then we see like a good like nice zoom in, and Rafa's in denial of like, "There's no way the Republic would let this stand." And I again, I just find that whole part to just be so interesting because I think it's a very nice callback to Zygeria with what's like how Ahsoka has already dealt with what it's like being underneath the thumb of a slave. So like the fact that she was able to recognize that interest uh, initially, it was, I thought that was just to be interesting. Uh, Hannah, what's your kind of thoughts on that whole scene? Yeah. I mean, it's, they have this little commentary. I'm like, no, the Republic wouldn't let that happen. Right. And it just makes you think about how time after time, after time, after time, after time, there is slavery in star Wars and nobody is doing anything about it. And it's, like, no one's interested in doing anything about it. I don't even know in Book of Boba Fett if he, like, does an Emancipation pro- Proclamation. Like, there's still enslaved people on Tatooine, right? Even after he's, like, doing all of his good stuff. I, you know, it, it's like they keep sweeping that under the rug pretty hard. And, like, how much longer can you get away with that, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in moments like this when they bring it up, it, it's it's like yeah say that rafa say that like um you know uh i don't know it, it it's something that that bugs me a lot about star wars same with the um the the droids and their servitude um and like how we we've had moments of of droids being like we should have liberation for droids but it's almost like played for laughs a lot of the time like with l3 mm-hmm. um and it's just like I don't know. It's this weird thing that they feel like they keep having to nod at. Like, yeah, here are these enslaved people on Castle Mining the Spice. Yeah, here are these enslaved Wookiees on Castle later on Mining the Spice. Um, let's help these individual people. Let's free these individual enslaved people. But never address, like, the institution of slavery, of slavery, even when we're in the period of time where obviously the Republic is corrupt and this is evidence of its corruption, that it's it's not really doing what needs to be done to help the people who need help because it's so caught up on its own self-invented war. But at the same time, like, 
what are we gonna what are we gonna stop that yeah and well at that time slavery in star wars was a big thing and kessel is right in the heart of hut space so i mean mm-hmm. i feel like it was it would be hard to change that even if you did speak out about it and with kessel being in the mix uh it was so cool seeing another side of kessel because we were so used to the the side of kessel where it's the the solo side where it was very foggy very um it was it was very different from what we saw there it was very tropical foresty um a lavish lifestyle and then when you go to see the pikes and where everyone goes to on in solo it's it's a completely different feel and i just think that bringing in kessel and then once they get their uh their spice shipment and then head out to obadia i think it was a a very interesting um conversation between the three and then the king so yeah and another thing i, I find interesting about this whole thing is like I think from Trace and Rafa's point of view, and most people in the Star Wars get like universe, like how they view things is is they only view stuff that's only important to them and what's going on like on Coruscant and like what's it was in their inner circle, like stuff that like extends outside into the outer rim, like Kessel or Tatooine and, and that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't really matter to them because for them it's just oh, okay, like it doesn't really affect me. It's just like it kind of goes back to like uh, Mayfield's speech in Mando season two when he's like new ownership, new management empire, new republic, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's just so interesting that Star Wars just keeps adding these different layers of like, like, hey, this is a problem, but for most people, it doesn't affect them because they only care about what's in their inner circle. So I just, I thought that was an interesting note to add on top of this whole conversation with like the Republic and how they view everything and like how the people of the Republic view anything. Because that's, again, I think that's an, an overarching theme in this arc of like, what are how the normal citizens of the galaxy affected by these changes and like huge events? And also I want to add the level of it kind of goes to like what we see in Siege of Mandalore, where it's like it's outside of the Republic's derogation. Like they only care about stuff like with the separatists and them. Like the neutral systems just don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically Mandalore. Specifically Mandalore, and then like even like down to like the crime syndicates don't even really matter to them that much outside of like when they come into Coruscant and like the bigger realms of areas yeah i mean because mandalore has that contract with the the republic for neutrality and no i mean yeah it's that's a big uh theme with the clone wars in general is neutrality so um with when you brought up the mandalorian scene with on morak where they're not they don't see us as um uh a, a, like a, a incoming power they just see us as people taking over their land so yeah, I, I like how you uh, made the connection between the two. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. So, again, moving a little bit more forward, they they load the spice back on, and they get, go into space, and then we get this whole mor- morality debate between Rafa, Trace, and Ahsoka. Rafa is like, let's just continue with the deal, get this over with, get our credits, get out. Ahsoka is like, this is spiced. I know what it does to the people. It will harm people. This is bad, because they're going to use this for non-ethical means, and so Ahsoka's like, we should get out of here, turn this spice into medical and give it to people in line and who are on the fighting battles. Rafa's like, no, let's continue. And Trace is just freaking out because again, it's just a huge argument. She's never been in this type of situation before. And she folds under peer pressure and just drops the spice. Not even no one was peer pressuring her to do that. She just panicked. She was just like, oh, am I going to handle this? Oh my God, we're selling to a crime lord. Ah! 
I and can I lo- make I can make excuses for almost everything that people say that like Trace and Rafa do that's like annoying or not right or whatever. But God, God, what what a decision that was. That's like when I the first time she said nobody is taking my ship. I was just like, oh my God, it's this scene. Oh Jesus Christ! Like yeah, it's I not about the ship. <laughs> I know her ship is everything to her, and she like irrationally she heard the words they might take your ship, and like did not rationally process anything about what was being said except for those words and like i get it you know if that's the most important thing in your world which it is for her then you're gonna be ultra defensive when it comes to like protecting your ship but jesus christ yeah (laughs) i love how rafa has to point out to trace like out of all the of all the decisions you've ever made this was the worst one (laughs) It was like that's that's the audience speaking towards Trace. That wow, why did you have to dump that? It just like, oh, ends up the arc. Well, I thought that was Ahsoka because I thought Ahsoka says that. Like she's like, she, and then Rafa makes another comment, and Ahsoka's like, "Why are we actually agreeing for once? This is weird." No, and Ahsoka also, was like, "I don't like it, but I agree with her." And then Trace was like, "What?" I and also after that, like right before that or something. <laughs> Trace is like, Ahsoka, you just said this is going to ruin people's lives, so let's jettison it. And she's like, well, that was really more of an ethical debate. (laughs) It's like, oh my god. Ahsoka, like, you can't, you cannot be circling back now. (laughs) She is too brave for politics. (laughs) And, no, I I just, (laughs) when we were rewatching the arc, there was, we all just took a moment and just sighed really hard when we saw her dump the spice. And, like, and, why? And we we know how harsh the pikes can be when they don't get a shipment. And we've seen this plenty of times. <laughs> we've seen this in Solo. We saw this last season. We we like we we know what happens when you when you don't do good business with crime syndicates. It does not end well. But we I trace is young and naive, and she doesn't know these things, and she doesn't really understand what the, who the Pikes are and what the deal is. And you know, I feel like though, you know, what is she? Fourteen, fifteen? I feel like at fifteen, you should probably be maybe have a little bit more critical thinking skill than yeah. that. Young but. and naive, just like the Queen of Naboo, and. <laughs> Uh, I believe that is that the end of the episode. No, no. Or you got more to go. Okay. No, there's, there's still more to go because remember because they get down to ah uh, yeah yes Obadiah and then they they drop the the spice and then Ahsoka's like all right uh, we're gonna do this whole scheme where they think they have the spice and then we're gonna do that I and mean, she doesn't really tell them the full plan because her whole plan is to mind trick them and then just get on the ship which I just find that interesting that that's their her Ahsoka's mindset went and she's like I'm just gonna mind trick them and just hope this goes well which it almost worked. It almost worked. <laughs> like they like the way that like they, they, they tease you that it's gonna work for like a split second, and then they're like, and then they start to get on the ship, and then like they're like, oh, what, what's the code? And they're like, oh, we gave you the code. It's just you open it, and they shoot the box. Which, yeah, we sent you an invoice. <laughs> I just find that hilarious in Star Wars. Whenever like technology doesn't work, the solution always is okay. I'm just gonna shoot it and just hope it works for the best. And and it usually does. I would love to see a Star Wars like project where they shoot something. They're like, wait. They didn't work, <laughs> and like they get like like an astromech or like or like Return of the Jedi like they have to like wire it up or something. But in a world it, without buckshot, most of your problems can be solved with a blaster, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would just love to see, to see something just do the opposite, like when in Kenobi when they shoot the the 
the the laser blockade on Mapuzo, and then it shuts down. Like, what if it just didn't? Like, what can we just, just get more of that where it just doesn't work? Or they just put like armor in front of it so you can't shoot it or something funny. Something, like something just, to not have it to be like, the way you like, expect. Like, it. like a Beskar pit, like hinge or something hilarious. Just, just something to like prevent that from happening. But anyway, they they're about to escape and they're like trace like gun it and then they're like we can't because there's a tractor beam and then they yeah, so they end up as they end up in the custody of the the pike syndicate and that's the end for uh episode two i hate tractor beams Where, where's ben kenobi <laughs> yeah we need more of that anyway so luke is still having technical difficulties so i will take the reins for the third episode hopefully he will be his Wi-Fi and his connection will be all figured out by the time of episode four. But without further ado, let's move forward. Okay, so season seven, episode seven, titled Dangerous Debt. Obviously, of course, headphone warning, Gilbert Gottfried impression. Wow, this is actually a, a pretty uh, hunky plot summary reading. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Prisoners of the Pikes! Ahsoka Tano has teamed up with Martez sisters who live in the underworld of the city planet Coruscant. Struggling to make ends meet, Rafa Martez scored a job running a spice shipment from the planet Kessel. Tempers flared when Ahsoka realized the spice was being sold to the Pikes, a powerful crime syndicate. As Ahsoka and Rafa argue, Trace Martez dumped the spice, hoping to end the dispute. With no shipment to deliver, the three attempted to deceive the Pikes and failed. We now find them in prison deep within a fortress on the planet Obadiah. Whew. That 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 was a lengthy one. I'm I'm sure I'm shocked your voice isn't shot. Honestly, at this point, like, how do you? Because okay, the Son of Dathomir episode's out, so I can talk about the Godfrey. Like, I remember doing that because you weren't there, and like my voice was just shot for the rest of the episode. Like, how the hell do you just? I don't know. Hey, when you scream too many times, it starts to just blend you together. Just break something. It's you building break something. Rep- building repetition. You know, it's like when you scream that much, you get used to it at some point. But I mean, hey, if you're at a, a concert that you really like, my voice is the same. But anyways, let's dive into the seventh episode of this season, aka the third episode of this arc, which is Dangerous Debt. The moral of this episode, of course, is who you were does not have to define who you are. And obviously, that just means that the past doesn't define you. You grow and you change and you move forward. So we start this episode with them being locked up on Obadiah. And and then Trace and uh, um, Trace and Rafa have like this um, plan on trying to escape. And they're arguing and they're trying to talk their things out. And Ahsoka's in the back, just extremely calm, collected. She does not have a worry in the world. And and then when we see Trace and Rafa when they when they first because they escape like three different occasions, uh, Trace and Rafa have uh, an us versus everyone mentality due to their family um, being accidentally killed during the uh, the Zero the Hut escape. If it were any other Jedi other than Luminara, as she mentioned, it was a green alien lady who told her. May the force be with you. And that was it. Do you think their outlook on the Jedi would have changed if it was someone else? 
No, I don't think so because I don't think that's Luminara's fault. Here's why. Here's my dissertation on this. Luminara, honestly, she did, you know, it was going to come at a very populated landing platform. She blew it into what she thought was going to be like a wall. It wasn't, there was collateral damage. Grand scheme of things, two people died as opposed to like maybe 50. Um, and then she, you know, the way that she handles it is she she doesn't know how to really handle that. She offers like her sympathies. She's like, I'm sorry, I did what needed to be done. I don't even think she says I'm sorry, which is like, you know, not great. But, you know, she said, I, I had to make a choice, but don't worry, the force will be with you. And then she fucks off. Okay. Yeah. Not a great look. But here's, oh, sorry, am I allowed to swear? I don't know. No, you can see, you go, oh, go okay, ahead. Yeah, man, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> not the greatest look, I'll admit. However, she really like made the only choice that was available in that option. The follow through was not great, but the Republic slash Jedi Order should have a system in place to like support victims of the collateral damage of the war that is currently going on. It is not Luminara's individual responsibility as the person who happened to be flying the ship that, you know, she she did everything she could to save like 50 plus people to personally be like, I am going to fund your life from now on. Jedi don't really like carry credits, I don't think. Um, you know, like there needed to have been a systemic approach to this kind of thing because i know that they're they're not the only people with this story it's like those skits you see on um on tiktok of like avengers insurance there needs to be something you know <laughs> like the department of damage control or whatever like the tony stark cleanup foundation for when i go berserker i don't know you know like it, there needs to be something in place and there's not so i think that the system failed race uh trace and rafa not luminara individually I get it. She could have been more empathetic. She she, she kind of dipped and was like, "I'm," and then left. But yeah, like, but, yeah. I mean, I mean, Jedi aren't really supposed to so, show emotion like that. That's no. the thing. I mean, and, I know Ahsoka does, and I know that they're capable of it because Ahsoka is very good at comforting people when they've, you know, had loss. I know that, um, you know, she she's there and she's trying to help people through it when something bad happens, like, several times throughout the series. I can't think of... I, I feel like, you know, she really feels that loss when, like, Stila dies. Um, yeah. So I know that it's possible, but, you know, maybe Luminara is just not that much of an emotional person. The thing is, though, the reason that they had a bad life is not because Luminara didn't say, I'm so sorry. The reason they had a bad life is because they lost their parents in the war, like, as collateral damage in honestly a trolley problem type of situation except she didn't even know that she was pulling the lever to someone else on the track like it's not really something that you can add to the list of girl i hate luminara mm -hmm. you know yeah and, and this is one of the moments that people pinpoint about luminara hate because is, before this totally people is. hate luminara but this but just they don't added like the on Martez to it sisters either so why are they being like you heard the martez sisters girl i don't like you when you don't <laughs> you don't care if the martez sisters live or die <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god yeah i feel like that there's a lot of instances where luminara gets hate and this is one of the I pinnacle moments it most of the time granted i haven't been doing like i i i haven't rewatched most of her episodes i know that there was a time where she was like 
willing to let her Padawans die because but that's the thing you're supposed to do, though. That's that's what I don't understand about that moment. That's too. the she's in the right. She she just follows it too well, I think, and so she, you know, has really had it instilled more effectively in her than most that she can't be attached, so she doesn't get attached. Contrast that with Anakin, who obviously has problems following the Jedi code from day one. Yeah, she's gonna look like an asshole. Because <laughs> it's she's like it's foil in that episode. So like, yeah, intentionally, but she's not doing anything inherently evil because she really is just trying to follow the rules of the institution that may, maybe they made the rules poorly, but she's being a rule follower and she's not like, being a rule follower in kind of like a like a genocidal kind of way yeah like it could be so much worse you know yeah and then if you were a big anakin fan you were you you kind of hate everyone of the jedi that goes by the book because they're essentially the reason why anakin has these predicaments of like of his allegiance to the jedi so like like hiati mundi luminara you have um mace windu some points and but we i mean as of the last arc that we covered mace windu and anakin did have somewhat of an okay relationship but there are times where luminara does feel like she doesn't care but that's what the jedi are kind of supposed to do because they're not supposed to show any sadness or um, i wouldn't say sadness it's more just not with attachments control what they do she doesn't let like let's make sure absolutely no one dies guide her decisions as much as you know like Mm -hmm. as a jedi you're really supposed to do everything that you can to minimize like casualties and save as as much life as possible but uh, and she does do that you Mm know um but it's at certain instances she is willing to admit that she has lost someone whereas anakin will as we very clearly see in Revenge of the Sith, do all kinds of bullshit if he thinks that it's going to save someone that he personally cares about. He, like, he'll slaughter an entire village of Tuscans just because, like, you know, maybe one or two of them are responsible for his mother's death. You know, like, it's it's a whole... Like, this is not what we need to be aspiring toward, you know? And addressing the second half of the question, like, okay, let's like let's say with another Jedi, but like let's go for the entire like council. Mace Windu would have done the same thing, Kiyadi Mundi would have done the same thing, Yodo actually would have done the same thing as well. Like I feel like ninety percent of the Jedi Council, except for I would say Plo Koon, Obi-Wan, and uh Depapalaba probably would have done something different. But like those are three of the entire Jedi Council. I mean, still though, she thought she was driving it into a wall. She didn't really realize that, like, you know, there was a lot right. going on behind that wall, and like the, they were actively evacuating. So, you know, like, I, would Obi Wan Kenobi have definitely done something different and not run it, like the ship as conveniently and quickly away from the busy fl- platform as he could have? Where would he have taken it down so that it was on a different level? what back up it's crashing it's not gonna go up out of the hole and then once it's up you're gonna crash it onto something else like it's gonna crash it's gonna hit something there's gonna be some kind of casualty because something bad is happening and you're doing everything you can to stop it but there's like a semi careening out of control it's gonna break something yeah and joe brings up a good comment about what you were talking about earlier about uh like like the uh like the found like the um 
the fundraising for victims. Uh, Jedi's mental state uh, walk upon the edge of a knife. 10,000 nights and not one of them thought to start a GoFundMe for a mental health therapy de- uh, department. It, it lost I funding mean, it, it existed at one point. Yeah. It, it lost I mean, funding during the High Republic. That's where it got lost. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a, I have a head candidate of Starboard Insurance Company workers trying to calculate Anakin's government ship damages. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a death typing like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> like, trillion dollars are just lost in credits and i think that's like a staple of of like superhero movies in general i aren't there like several villain backstories in spider-man far from home where it's like something collateral happened that caused them to lose their job or caused them to you know like and and then that's like someone's villain origin story because yeah i think that was uh that was wanda's yeah that was was it Wanda's or was it? it was I don't know. What I'm thinking of is like when Jake Gyllenhaal and his gang are like, Tony Stark, fuck me over in this way and this way and this way. Yeah. And he's like, not meaning to. He's just doing his due. Um, or like, oh, um, what's it? Uh, when the lady whose son died doing mission work in Sokovia and like the his mom brings it up and guilt trips Tony into signing the, the courts. Like, you know, like, we see that this is a staple of action franchises when you get when they run long enough that people start asking questions about like hey are we ever going to address the fact that there was trillions of dollars of collateral damage in the battle of new york then like it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered, and boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life dot com slash audio. Inherently, we're going to get to that point where we're going to have to acknowledge that, yes, superheroes cause damage in the pursuit of saving the world. Like it comes up all the time in these other pieces of media. And yeah, but but like you don't hate Tony Stark because of that kid who died in Sokovia, you know? You don't, or, I mean, most people don't. I don't know, maybe you should, but like, I so I feel like Luminara getting that treatment is a little unfair. Yeah. And I thought the, the thing that you mentioned earlier about um, like fundraising for victims of the war, I'm, I'm like, why isn't there any form of compensation for those people that, that were citizens and just happened to be victims or, um, 
be a part of the war when they weren't supposed to be. And it's like a first world planet too. It's Coruscant. It's like the wealthiest, you know, part of the, and I understand that, you know, that's not the way that class works. The lower class is not always taken care of. Um, so maybe it is like a, 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 a reflection of the world that we live in mm-hmm. where, you know, yeah, if something had happened on the upper levels, probably it would have gotten compensated for, but I don't know. It's just like, let's not put the failings of the Republic's, you know, social support structure on one lady. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you 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 learn how much the the Republic has fallen down with the uh, the Senate murders um, episode with the Padme speech about uh, Taklamina and how the Republic doesn't even get uh, its re- like it's it just it's it's people like within the planet don't even get resources. It doesn't matter if you're on the upper level or the lower levels. They don't get any real assistance. They're just so focused on the war with getting more troops, getting more resources and getting more power for Palpatine. That's all that they're worried about. And, mm-hmm. and that's about it. What, what, what did Luke say? It looks in here. Um, Hannah is right. But the fact that there wasn't much Luminara could have done, uh, but her, but her pretty much saying, whoops, got to go. They didn't seem to care. That's where the difference I think Plo and Obi-Wan and definitely. Uh, that's works. true. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a but good it wouldn't point, have made Luke. their lives significantly better if she had been like sat down with them and you know patted yeah. them on the back and been like, "I'm really sorry." You know, they still would have been penniless and fighting for their lives. Yeah, if she extended the word count of her apology from twenty words to fifty words, I feel like it wouldn't have made a big difference. But I mean, it is what it is. But uh, without further ado, let's move on later into this episode. So once they get free out of. Um, the, the the jail cell when ahsoka frees them ahsoka realizes that uh, rafa kind of holds rafa under her oh, no no rafa holds, rafa holds under rafa her. under her yeah no good, rafa good job, holds trace uh under her belt and because rafa feels like that uh trace needs her and then whenever Trace speaks against her, Rafa pulls the family card and what kind of guilt trips her into uh, wanting to stay with her. And Ahsoka mentions to Rafa herself how she always uses the family excuse to rope in Trace whenever because we all know that Trace wants to do something else than what Rafa's doing because Trace wants to be a pilot. She wants to do something different than being into the criminal family um, um, chaos that Rafa is a part of. And um, Hannah, I just want to ask you, do you think that because of her family ties um, that uh, Rafa um, stays with Trace or do you think Rafa is just purely using Trace? Oh, no, I don't think that at all. I I really do think she cares about her. Um, I mean, she would have ditched her a long time ago. Yeah, I I don't think that she's a heartless person like that, Um, especially because Trace is the only family that she has left. Mm-hmm. she's hardened which is to be expected from someone who has lived the life that she has lived so yes she is reluctant to trust outsiders she's willing to throw ahsoka to the wolves a little bit um because she's an outsider but honestly you know she does what she does and she does the risky things that she does in large part so that she and trace can live a better life so no mm-hmm. i don't i don't at all think that she's completely devoid of care for her little sister i think it's quite the opposite um i think that she's the thing that she has in life and like yes their dynamic is not always the healthiest for sure like 
she's but she she's not supposed to be a parent you know she's having to parent this person who she did not sign up to parent who she does not know mm -hmm. how to parent who she was 14 when she started developing her parenting technique she's gonna be doing some like you know some poor parenting i think that's yeah. to be expected yeah i mean i have a good comparison but i feel like um i feel like it's kind of weird have you have any of you two seen the show glee no have you seen the show uh glee hannah yes yes you have okay so this is kind of like the uh it's in the later so seasons with, was my audio. yeah your audio is cutting out a little bit but like um the the later in the seasons were um the twin cheerleaders the boy and the girl come in and the girl is very parenting towards the brother because the the brother finds a love interest or finds someone that he's like attracted to and she's like no i don't like her she's she i don't think she's good for you and i feel like that's kind of like the same thing as rafa and trace like rafa is trying to tell her what's best for her but trace knows like i can do mm -hmm. this but we can also be on good terms without you interfering in what i would like to do so i mean yeah i, I feel like it's on the same wavelength as trace can do what she wants but rafa is can be the person where she can input her opinion, but she cannot control what Trace does. So, yeah, that's essentially what happens throughout that cell uh, uh, matter between the two of them. And we see them trying to escape and doing all of this stuff. And we essentially that's the end of the episode. All of the, the fun and craziness comes into the fourth and final episode of this arc. So that's uh, where we end it. I was going to mention one thing in the episode that I did find it interesting that the Pikes put them in the middle and then they're like, oh, we know that Ahsoka's going to try to save them and like they had them hidden behind a wall. So I thought that was like an interesting tactic that the Pikes do because they instantly put it together. They're like, there's something different about the Tegruta, uh person in the group. So like, they're like, we're going to like use that against them. Yeah. So I thought that was just an interesting character moment mm -hmm. with the Pikes. Because it just adds a little bit of spice to their characters. Pun, uh, pun intended? Yes. <laughs> okay. So also we... at this point in time, hasn't like Bo-Katan kind of been stalking them as well? Oh yes. yeah. That, that, which is the funniest part about this entire arc is they're on Obadiah. They're trying to figure out what's going on, but they're just not doing anything. They're just like, huh, yeah, they're, they're just standing from afar uh, <laughs> watching all of the, uh, the chaos unfold. And they're like I, eh. I, I, i'm just curious like what was she doing before this how did she get to Obadiah? because <laughs> i know that she has like something to do with like the the shadow collective and everything but like she, she said something about like does ahsoka being here like you know does that jeopardize our mission uh, you know they, they, they've got some shady business happening for sure and i think that you know they're under the assumption that like jedi is gonna put a stop to it um no matter what it is <laughs> but you know, I mean, whatever. She does shady stuff. We know this. Like, she's just, she's up there mingling with unsavory characters. They're, yeah, exactly. They're hanging out at, <laughs> at, at this, this. They have their hoods know. up, just chilling. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I love how they're just like, yeah, we're, we're just not, we're just gonna let them. She's just gonna do her thing. She'll mm -hmm. just complete our mission for yeah. us. We don't even have to do anything. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah. And then that's where the episode ends. And, I'm excited to cover this episode because there's a lot of crap that goes down and 
I'm excited to talk about it. All right, so we dive into the final episode of this arc, season seven, episode eight, together again. And wow, the plot summary is even longer than the the last one we read. But let's well, do Char, this. I have to say something before the summary. What? There's only two more left for the entire show. Better fucking enjoy it. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? There's two left? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, because they don't have the uh, the Stop traditional. They stopped doing it for the Siege Mandalore at the end. Because there's only one yeah. for Siege Mandalore. You so... really need to put your back into these next two, just so you're aware. <sighs> you, you, you're, like, you're just like, all right, lock and load, baby. I know, yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's read. Okay. So, season seven, episode eight, together again. And wait, wait, Harith, after this, do I only have one more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been doing this for about maybe, I think, what about 20 episodes straight mm-hmm. all right once again headphone warning three two one prisoners in peril former jedi apprentice ahsoka tano befriended two sisters trace and rafa martez who grew up in the underworld of coruscant after listening that the sisters blamed the jedi knights for the death of their parents ahsoka must decide if she's willing to reveal her jedi past and use her skills to aid in their escape fearing her new friends will feel betrayed by this revelation ahsoka is left with a difficult choice that was good okay <laughs> Luke coming in to say that is good okay yeah luke your camera is is a little off but you do sound good and you do sound clear so do Luke, I? Are you coming in to cover cover the fourth episode? I uh, I can. Uh, yes! Just let me know. Just let hey. me know if you guys if I start to cut out. Okay. I All just right. imagine the Spotify listeners are just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Because our YouTube listeners yeah. get it. Just just join in without context. I'm so confused, Charlie. Hey. All right. So yeah. so with the confusion. So as of the Zygeria arc, this was about three or four months ago. I started doing Gilbert Gottfried plot summary readings instead of my usual Tom Kane voice because I started getting crap that my uh, my Tom Kane voice was crap. So I started to do something else, and you started doing other voice impressions, and Gilbert Gottfried stuck. So that's where we go. I and... feel like you should bring back Tom Kane for the for the last one though. Ah, uh, should I? Oh, no. No, um, the bit floating it. You see the bit, like, the bit, the bit. It's just the bit. It's just the fact that he goes all in and does it is. The you see, thing. Hannah, they you know? they don't like my Tom Kane voice. It's like, not. It's, it's not so like Tom Kane. It's because it is so funny, and it it works. Uh, Joe said Char could also Godfrey scream the. Uh, episode titles for season the Phantom of Apprentice. Oh, you know what? That's even. Oh, you know what? That's gonna be it for Rebels. He do Godfrey. He's just gonna say the titles in Godfrey. Oh, <laughs> Saint Pat is Luke back? Yeah, he's back. He's kind of back. He's having a lot of connection issues, and uh, he's cutting. But you guys can still hear me, right? Yes, yeah. we can hear you. Yeah, but uh, that's fine. Luke, I got the plot summary done. Good job. Go ahead and take episode four. Well, basically, the moral is you can change who you are. You can't run for yourself. Um, This is basically episode, the long and short of it. It's her, Ahsoka, letting letting them know who she is, which is a big step throughout this entire arc because it's like she's 
she's trying she's been away from the Jedi for so long she's trying to become just like the regular Republic citizen and then she meets these two they have that issue with Luminara and she doesn't know how they're going to take it and uh, this episode's huge because uh, we get the connection of uh, Maul and of, of the Mandalore and and how it fits into the uh, rest of the of the series. Um, Rafa states that she thinks Ahsoka embodies what the Jedi should be. How does this reflect Rafa's black and white view of the Jedi? I mean, honestly, I think that her view of the Jedi was all black. Um, and, you know, just because just she had... The one encounter that she had with the Jedi ended with her parents dying and her not really getting what she felt like was an appropriate amount of, like, sympathy or compensation because of it. Um, and I, you know, you can't really blame her for that one. That's the only time she's ever interacted with the Jedi. Whereas Ahsoka, her interaction has not been, like, exclusively positive. You know, they've had their debates and stuff. But ultimately she's at the point where she knows that like Ahsoka is actually a good person and she's willing to like put her neck on the line for the other two. Whereas, you know, the, the opposite of that was not necessarily true or like the reverse, you know, Rafa was willing to let Ahsoka die so that they can get away or whatever. Um, But I think that, you know, it, it's really interesting that, it's just two like interactions she's ever had with a Jedi and she has to kind of like reckon her longstanding negative view of, of the Jedi with this one very like, you know, m- positive one that, that she's just had. Um, so I can imagine that, you know, going forward, she's going to be maybe a little bit more optimistic for the Jedi just in time for them to all die though. Uh, so, you know, Oof. Yeah, because, like, one of the things I was saying throughout our entire, like, watch of this arc while we were writing the questions for it, I was like, I'm like, this arc feels like it could easily fit into after the Clone Wars with the Rise yeah. of the Empire. Because, like, Ahsoka has the luxury of, like, going through all of this, being a Republic citizen, literally, quite literally, right before Revenge of the Sith. So she gets all the benefits of, like, when, like, that life is just ripped away from her again. She's like, oh, I'm already used to this. Like, I already went through this entire growth of being a citizen of the Republic, not being the Jedi, while... People like Caleb Dune and Cal Kestis have to like get back to this new normal of like, oh, my life of a Jedi is gone. Well, like Ahsoka really for the most part is like, oh, I've already done this shit. I can just naturally <laughs> fit into this life. But I just find that like very interesting that I feel like that could just easily slot into right here. Well, mm-hmm. to be honest, from what she said to Mace Windu, I wasn't convinced uh, in Siege of Mandalore later, I wasn't convinced that she was never going to consider coming back to the Jedi. You know, she said, like, I'm not ready to come back yet. But that wasn't a definite forever no. You know, like, I think that the door was kind of open for her to potentially reconsider and maybe rejoin the Jedi. I don't know that she would have. But, you know, it, it is a loss of options for her. She's like, I'm going to reconsider right before everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, her timing's not the best, if I'm going to be honest. She's kind of curving at that point. But I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to talk about, Hannah, because it, it is 
she never really slams the door on that. Even when she leaves, mm-hmm. she says, I just have to go figure out what I'm supposed to do. You know, it's kind of like her taking the, the way seeker path uh, in the yeah. High Republic. Um, that was her journey through the Force. She's trying to figure out what the Force is trying to tell her, what it's trying to communicate with her. So it's it's it, you're you're right. She's never really truly cutting off ties with the Jedi. Now, would we blame her for doing that? Not really, to yeah. be honest. And I think it's interesting because I think we didn't really talk about this in when that episode aired. The funny thing I just noticed this on a TikTok. Um, in the shot, Obi Wan goes like goes to go after her and plows the one who puts his hand on Obi-Wan kind of holding his mm-hmm. back, which I find oh. is you never very that? interesting. Yeah, because Obi-Wan was about to run after her as well. Obi-Wan was like, no, just let, let Anakin and Ahsoka have this moment. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because I know, like, I feel like Obi-Wan also kind of feels like he kind of messed that holding up. Um, and that also adds on to Dark Disciple. Like, it's those, like, consequences that come through, you know, small, small, in the small time frame of that, it goes Ahsoka leaving the Order, them screwing up with Quinlan Voss, and then uh, it's like in, it's like happens in between, and then the Lost Ones also happen. So it's just like all of these decisions that I have made in the last and a half have just completely come back in the... Um, which is very, very interesting. And Shameless, we are going to be releasing a... Uh, uh, a episode of <laughs> Disciple, uh, which we will be recording on Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a good one. Uh, or what do you, you, your thoughts? What was that you cut out? You are cutting Jane. out in and out like fucking crazy, Luke. I'm not even going to play it. Like, your sound, your sound was pretty good for your your uh, your conversation, but uh, at the end, yeah, you just... cut out over there. You were you asking for my thoughts? And no, I just um, when you uh. Think about how the Martez sisters look at the Jedi Order. I don't blame them that they have a grudge against them because all they've experienced as until Ahsoka shows up is the bad side of them because they they have a bad memory of them. But Ahsoka, I feel she is different. And that moment where they get captured and uh, Ahsoka tells Rafa and Trace that she left the Order and they both in sync say, you can do that? was so funny i laughed so hard because they don't know a lot about the jedi they just know that they are these um at the time they're these soldiers they're these um these monks that um that just from what i'm assuming what they've heard or what they know as of right now they cause violence and police officers in the first episode like they're just the up around in the upper levels of course i'm policing everyone yeah yeah that they are uh they're not the ideal um people as some make them out to be but i don't blame them that they see them negatively but as of us uh, after ahsoka i feel like it's going to be like a uh an ahsoka situation learning about how the politics of the clone wars are not as black and white as she once saw they were but i love how she's passing down that view to rafa and trace to give them an opportunity to be like hey there's two sides to each coin look at one side and then look at the other because there's good Jedi, there's bad Jedi and you experienced a bad one from your point of view, but now you are in part of a good one that is 
not like the other Jedi that is adhering to the code that is following what everyone else is telling them to do. Or it's, it's this, um, this dilemma between figuring out who is a good Jedi and who is a bad Jedi. So that's my thoughts. But no, I, I definitely agree. Cause I just, again, like, like I said, I was laughing at that moment of like, like you can do that of like how they're just so they think everything is just so simplistic with the Jedi. Cause again, to them, it's just, they're just trying to get by every single second, paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And Trace is just trying to become a mechanic. And Rafa is just trying to provide the best you can and be a good parent. But she's ultimately failing at that. Like, it's just, again, it's just that, like, a stereotype of, like, we've seen in, like, media forever. And so when Ahsoka comes into their life and they're just, she's a Jedi that they weren't expecting, it just, it kind of just shifts their entire worldview. And I think Bad Batch does a really good job of building on top of that, like, seeing where, how much Ahsoka affected their life and how they're ultimately for the better when they show back up and help the Bad Batch out. And like, they already know what's going on with all that. And they were able to get contact with Rex. Mm -hmm. So again, I find that interesting that 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 whole dynamic and worldview started to shift. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Is Luke back? I hope he can continue. uh, Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll go ahead and I'll try to get through this as, as quick as I can. Um, So basically, they they escape they're able to escape the help um of Ahsoka and seeing them try to escape the second time is, is very interesting. Um also really an escape. It's more of the pikes let them out. They're like, oh we're gonna get fucked by Maul if we yeah. if we don't do this. So we're just gonna let you go. We're gonna let you go on like a controlled watch. You better come back with our spice, essentially. Much and and it's just and then ends up causing and uh ends up uh getting a glimpse of Maul. Uh and when we were talking about this, we were watching the episode, uh Harith was like, is that just so like when he is is he had the question of is that him seeing her through the hologram or through the force? Um, I said it was through the force. What is everybody else's thoughts of uh, when he's kind of talking and can kind of censor? That's through the force, right? Well, the thing is, I am very confused about how that hologram works. Because if you can just turn and see the other person's surroundings, like, how is the layout of that? You know, like... <laughs> is everything where, blue? <laughs> how does that work? And how do you, if you turn, it gives you like the POV of where you would be? And you're just looking at every, like, I don't know. Very weird. Lots of questions about the technology of Star Wars in that moment. Um, yeah. Because so it's like, can you, can you, like, see, like, because, like, it was, like, a large shaft. Like, can you see all the details of everything? Do you see the, do you see a small person, like, crouching down? Like, how the fuck does that work? Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. 
Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. So it's like, yeah. I always assumed, like, I agree with Luke, because I, when I threw that out, I was like, and then Luke explained it, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense that Maul sent another person in the room of the Force and he turned and was like, they're, they're somewhere over there, but like, they can't see it. Mm. No, it makes sense. It's just a... Uh... I mean, my instinct, yeah, was like he turned and he looked over because he thought he saw something out of the corner of, of his eye. And I was like, is that, how does, how does this work? <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's funny because, and he also looks great in in this episode, by the way. Mm-hmm. The whole hooded thing. And he's kind of got kind of the like, whole. He's got his Malachor look. Yes, yes. He has his Rebels look. I would say um, I wouldn't say Malachor. I would say he has his solo look because that was uh, right, right out of solo. Yeah. With the whole, uh, like, the, hood, the hood, the hood for sure is Malachor because he doesn't he doesn't have like his like drip like his long drip on. He's got like his like I'm I'm like gonna go to like it, like let's just say I'm gonna go to bed in like the least amount of clothes possible. That's what he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's hard. What do you mean by that? You know? His open Wait. Fabio. Yes, yes, the open <laughs> Fabio. Absolutely. He's showing the Fabio off. That's what it is, you know? Um, But, like, it, it's just that it, people want to say that this is filler. And I hate it. I hate the way people say that this episode, and, like, I, I hate the word filler used in media in that oh. genre. We, know, we know you hate filler. <laughs> oh, I absolutely hate it. Because it does drive the plot. This drives the plot. It tells us, it gives us backstory on what Ahsoka's doing at this time. And it is important for her to end up... This is how she runs into Bo. And that's how we get into the Siege of Mandalore. Like, that's I wouldn't how... even say just Bo. Like, this arc... I will argue with people at the end time because people were like, oh, it should have been this unfinished arc. It should have been this unfinished arc. No, it had to be this arc because they needed to tell a Rex story and then an Ahsoka story. Rex story was very essential because he needed to learn what was going on with the people of the Republic and like the trauma behind the war. Ahsoka needed to learn the citizens of the Republic and the trauma behind the war. 
you don't get the scene of Ahsoka and Obi-Wan arguing if you don't get this arc. This arc is insanely essential for Ahsoka's character for where we see her in Siege of Mandalore. So people saying you could just skip it is BS because they only got 12 episodes. They only had 12 episodes. It's Blame Disney for that part because they were like, okay, you only get 12. If there was a full, let's say if it was a full 22 season like the other seasons, yeah, you can get probably Crystal Crisis on Utapal. Oh, I would have loved that. I think that's one of the most underrated, like even with the scene with him and with Anakin and Obi-Wan just talking on the on the plains of Utapal. That would have been amazing to see in animation, like full oh, animation. Agreed, but that that it's not essential for Siege of Man. No, it's, it's not. It's, Bad Batch and, and Ahsoka's walkabout are the arcs that matter for Siege of Mandalore. No, you're Son of Dathomir right. would, would have mattered as well, but again, they only had 12 episodes, so you can't make Son of Dathomir two episodes. Yeah, Hannah, let's just say that Luke has a decent past of dealing with someone that has said the word filler in a negative aspect, and Luke went on a tangent of uh, of a lot of anger. And was it, was it related to some show called Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someone called the, uh, I believe, the fourth episode filler, and he got very, very angry about it. The one where they recreate a new hope, so the entire, no, yeah. the entire it, plot of a new hope is filler. It, well, the, like it's like the, uh, it's like, oh, we're, why didn't they know? Why didn't they look under the thing? I'm like, it's a fucking kids show. <laughs> Are you shitting me? The Empire is notorious for having shitty fucking security. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are we really going to a goddamn show like this? Stop it. Just fucking go away and enjoy it. Just get the hell away. Let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. And get the fuck out of here. Get. Get out of here. Nobody wants you. Get. That's all I got to say on that. that. I apologize. That that was very rude. No apology. That's no apology. No, you're but, good. If you could see me right now, my 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 face is beating. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. like veins yeah. popping out of your head. You're just like, Aah. yeah. I, I, I it just it, it's annoying. It's just annoying when they use filler. You, you know, look, you you look like the Warheads guy. It's like <laughs> hey, steam coming out of your ears. Hannah, have you watched anime? Are you a big anime? Person? I've seen Death Note. That's it. Okay, <sighs> so Note, yes. one of the biggest, like the one of the big, well, two out of the big three. So you have Dragon Ball, and then you have Naruto. Those two shows are notorious for having what we like to call actual filler episodes. There's an episode where Piccolo and Gohan, or no, Piccolo and Goku literally learn how to uh, get their driver's license. They get driver's license, <laughs> but they can fly everywhere. How does that make sense? <laughs> it doesn't. That's that's filler. Nothing else here is filler. Nothing. I would say that when you put it next to the Siege of Mandalore, I understand how this arc is underwhelming. I get it. It feels like the middle of, you know, season four when we're not dealing with the other stuff. Like, it, it does feel like let's tell a character story. And a lot of people are very quick to write off character stories in favor of plot-driven stories. So because Ahsoka doesn't go through an immediately obvious major metamorphosis, I understand why people are willing to write it off. Um, however, I think that it's more important for us as the viewer to see that side of the Star Wars universe, especially under the Republic, because we've seen the gritty whatever, like post-Republic, but you know, I think it's important for the world building to demonstrate how ordinary people move through this world and how it screws them. And how like they're really they're really suffering, and it's not like the the perfect just republic that we're 
uh, intended to believe that it is. Um, so I think the importance of it is less for Ahsoka's character building. Well, I, I you know, yeah, it's definitely going to contribute to her character building. I think it's its most important aspect is looking at this world from another point of view. Um, so again, it's not as jam-packed with action and like its events do not have major immediate consequences like rippling out onto the rest of the world of Star Wars. But, it, you know, it does set up, like, the Siege of Mandalore, which nobody is going to argue is a bad arc, I hope. You know, it does set up, bo <laughs> is watching Ahsoka, is, is you know, setting the, you know, getting ready to maybe recruit her for this mission that she's going to do, that setting up that mall is deeply, you know, intertwined in all of this crime lord bullshit. Like, there are important, plot-important nuggets but it's not like inherently plot important in and of itself. So again, I get it. it it's just like maybe look a little deeper. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not warranted. Uh, you're absolutely right. We don't get the common person's view of the of the Jedi. We just don't. We don't focus on that. We and 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 you kind of you can't um, because you do have. Uh, I mean, I mean, you could have. There's seven seasons of of the Clone Wars, but I mean, there's there's not a lot of episodes where you can take a, a take a perspective that isn't a Jedi, a clone, or a senator, and make it impactful like it like they do with the Martez sisters. I think very very important that we do see that because we end up seeing it a little bit bad batch. So I I absolutely agree that that isn't important i i'd say it's even more important uh for his character growth than 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 anything else right because like i said you don't get the scene of obi-wan and ahsoka arguing what should they do mm-hmm. because ahsoka's again like like in that episode we'll go over it again when we talk about siege Miller. but ahsoka's point of view is like we got to help the people and obi-wan's like no we gotta save the chancellor it's like this whole it's like it's kind of like this microcosm of like where the jedi at in this time frame and ahsoka's kind of I wouldn't say going back to the older roots, but she's starting to recognizing the flaws in the order, and she's starting to seeing it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, she's she's looking from afar, and because that's what happens when you when you are a part of something, you don't really get to see what's happening behind the scenes. But when you are a part of it, then you decided to you decide to look um, from from out from the outside view inwards. You start to see a little pinpoints of like wait why are they doing this what do they get out of this what are they trying to accomplish this doesn't really do much for the people because the jedi or not more or less the jedi the senate hasn't really been more for the people they've been for the war and that's obviously what senator amidala was trying to get for was that she wants more services for the people rather than the clones and the war with them the the military creation act and adding more clones to the war and i feel like the whole focus of the republic has just died like there, there's no um importance to the people anymore it's just finish this war just waste a bunch of money and lives and then yep. see what happens next uh shocking fingers yeah uh so to end off the second to last episode of the Podwinds Podcast Clone Wars Rewatch. The final question. Yes. Like the stream. Please like the Drop stream. Drop a like. Drop a like. Immediately. Immediately. Right now. 
Or I'll um, your epic account. Are you blind? Deploy the likes! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, will, I will steal Anna, your cookies. I will ask you one final question. Do you think... Uh, after this entire arc, do you think Ahsoka still remembers Bo-Katan slapping her ass? <laughs> <laughs> Ahsoka never forgets. And here's, here's how I know it is because the second she sees Bo-Katan, she goes, oh shit. Yes. Yes. She's like, she's like, oh, gonna, nope, nope, no touching on my ass. Nope, not that bitch. Try to get back to the Martez. Nope. Hope, oh, social distance. <laughs> she's like, get back. Illegal touching. Mandalore. <laughs> you are not Lux Bonteri. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think at that point, though, they've they've moved past the role that she was playing of, I'm a little girly who's marrying Lux Bonteri. I'm his fiance. Into like, I know who you are, and you know who I am. Like, you know, I think we, <laughs> I think we progressed past. Yeah, we've cut the bullshit a little. Oh man! But that is gonna be it for this episode. Char, uh, it's your it's your segment. Oh hey, that's that's me. All right, this is obviously my three interesting facts segment. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three interesting facts about a certain Clone Wars arc that you didn't know about until now. Part 41, the Martez Arc Edition. Fact one, a comedian's voice acting. Does Pintu's voice sound familiar? That's because he's voiced by Star Wars Resistance and Saturday Night Live alum, Bobby Moynihan. Fact two, once a concept, now a reality. The Athorian that Trace frees on Obadiah is based on original Kenner action figure design. Many other Kenner-inspired background aliens can be spotted throughout this arc. Fact three, a little bit of deja vu. This isn't the first time Ahsoka has tangled with a rogue, rogue loadlifter droid on the streets of Coruscant. The Star Wars Forces of Destiny episode, The Padawan Path, features a younger Padawan Ahsoka in a similar situation. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about the Martez arc. See, Forces of Destiny does matter sometimes. Yeah, uh... No, it matters. It matters just as much as the Siege of Mandalore. And Resistance. I mean, and it, you know why it showed, you know why it's so important? is because those uh, girls that they can also grow up to be these badass women, to be a badass woman, no matter uh, what you do. I was gonna say, well, episode wise, it shows that Ahsoka knows that Anakin and Padme are fucking. But anyway, oh well, that too. Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and not in a speeder, baby. 
Oh, brotherhood. Yeah, when, Hey-o. When, I, when I found out that Bobby Moynihan uh, was playing pin two, I was like, wait, what? That's my favorite SNL um, <laughs> uh, member ever. Bobby Moynihan is Bobby so Moynihan funny. Bobby Moynihan is funny. I would agree. I remember that. when he was doing the uh, the SNL uh, Star Wars thing, the auditions. When yes. he was trying to be George Lucas, he's like, you will give me a Coke Zero. Yeah, you, you will give me a Coke, Coke Zero. Zero. <laughs> I find your lack of Coke Zero disturbing. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like Bobby Moynihan, and he was uh pretending to be Danny DeVito as BB-8 in that one. <laughs> I love Bobby Moynihan. He's but, great, and honestly, now that I know that, underutilized in that episode. Well, he's got a whole. He's in the. He's in Resistance. What is he in Resistance? He um, is. Uh, he's the rat-looking thing in the shop. Uh, is he Flix or Orca? I uh, he's because Orca's the Flix is the. Orca. He plays uh Orca. Yeah, he plays Yeah. Orca. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up. Okay. What rat in what shop? Um, he's Yeah, Flix is the uh the owl looking thing. Yes. Um the one that Kaz goes through to get parts. Yes. With the uh, the gorg, Bitey. Uh there's the owl one that's Flix and then there's like this pig rat mix whose name is Orca. Yeah, it wasn't And that's who Bobby Morgan voices. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, let yeah. me let me do a quick Google, get a, a visual on this, and I may know. But um well that's gonna be it. Oh yeah, yeah, ranking the episode. Sorry. Yeah, good, job, good job, Luke. Good job remembering how I, you I, start your own podcast. I, I, I mean, he was absent for like 80% of it, so I don't really blame him. Uh, that's classic, true. It's classic Anakin Skywalker energy of just coming in and trying to save the battle when everything's already done. Hey. I figured out why I didn't realize what you were talking about. It's Star Wars Resistance, not Rebels. Yes. Uh, if, you, if, you said, not... if you said Resistance, I heard Rebels, so that might be on me. Ah, uh, no, you're good. You're good. Hannah, would you this arc? Ooh, okay. Um, I would rank it. I don't want to. I would rank it Padawan. I would. I think. I think that it's it's got some really interesting aspects, and it's an important look into the world itself maybe Padawan on the verge of graduating to Jedi Knight. That's fair. Um, I, I think that it's not one of the essential episodes of this show. However, it is absolutely not without merit. And you know what? Actually, no, I'm going to say Jedi Knight because of how cinematic it is. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll say Jedi Knight because of, like, you see any more Ahsoka is great. Any more like female-led episodes is great. And also there are so many shots that are just beautiful when they're running like out of the prison and the like explosions that are rainbow are happening behind them. Beautiful. The like all of the the art of when they're like landing on Kessel, really pretty. Like the um the shot where she's standing on that landing platform and a ship is rising in front of her and then she looks up stunning Oscar-worthy cinematography. So you know what, for for the visuals and the in combination with the other merits that it has, I will give it a low-ranking Jedi Knight. 
That's fair. So it did graduate to Jedi Knight. It Excellent. did. It did over the course of my sentence. I said it would. <laughs> uh, Harith? I, I actually I was actually going to go with Hannah originally. I'm actually... Hannah explaining how it went, I was like, going to be like, okay, Padawan, and then and when she started explaining it, I'm like, yeah, Jedi Knight, I kind of agree. It's it's on the lower echelon, of like, it's weird, because, like, what do, like I, I can't wait until we, because aren't we doing, like, a final Clone Wars episode after Siege of Mandalore, where it's, like, where we're just going through everything, being like, oh, here's our final, like... I think uh, I think we'll do a last hurrah. I feel um, like we should do by season. I mean... What do you mean we, we do, not episode ranking, but we do season rankings. No, but I still want to see the graph of where everything landed. Like, I want to see like a, like a tier maker, like where everything. I am not grew. doing that. Is a I lot could of do work. That. I all like right, to. Right, I like okay, to. Okay, okay, Eric, okay. After this, okay. for some time, sure. we're gonna do a tier okay. list. Okay, there you <laughs> go. No, we know. Well, the tier lists are what people say and what is the total of every arc. So we go back and listen to what everyone's ranking. Is, oh, okay. And we well, make uh, I don't know about that one. That's a lot of work. But we have it. collectively have. We collectively know which ones are Youngling, uh, Padawan, nine. Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, Grandmaster. We, we 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 take we we kept track of how many we have of Grandmaster. So I feel but like do we keep track of everything else? We kept track of the Grandmaster. No, we, I mean I feel like that's too much work. That's too that's that's very analytical. <laughs> Just uh, like well, that's, that's how that's, many like, Padawans, hey, how many come Jedi come Masters come were said. This sounds like a perfect perfect job for Harith though. Yeah. <laughs> More work. Did you, did you just sign up for it? Harith, you, you just put yeah. yourself in a position of success. What you look yeah, at? Char, what is your uh, ranking? I would give this a Jedi Knight. It's borderline Jedi Knight, I would say. Um, it accomplishes um, who Trace and Rafa Martez are. It accomplishes who Ahsoka is after she leaves the Jedi Order and what her life is like. And it just shows like how that she hasn't abandoned the way of the Jedi yet. Because when she leaves before Rebels, everyone was like, wait, is she going to continue her life as a Jedi? But then when Rebels comes, you you see that she is still following the Force. And she is still one with the Force. And when we get to Clone Wars Season 7, you see that she still retained all of that information and the training that Anakin taught her, Yoda taught her, Obi-Wan taught her. Every Jedi that has ever guided her, Plo Koon, everyone that has guided her, she's still retained but she also understands that she is looking at the jedi order as a whole and understanding that they have massive flaws and that i can be the one that's the outcast from the rest of them because she knows that there are huge problems and even though anakin is a different jedi ahsoka is just like him but she sees the actual problems because if anakin followed the same way ahsoka did a lot of things would have been different in star wars but um I love how the, this episode accomplished setting up Ahsoka for Siege of Mandalore and everything for the remainder of, of Star Wars from this moment forward. So, Jedi Knight. I'm going to say Jedi Knight, too. Um, I would like to thank Hannah for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, for having me. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? I am on TikTok at Discount Bo-Katan. Uh, I am at H.M. Peterson, H-M-P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N, or Discount Bo-Katan on Instagram. Um, oh, and I have, I'm Discount Bo-Katan on YouTube as well. We have a, um, we have the remnants of, a, of an old podcast on there, and I haven't made anything else. But if you want to watch it, there it is. It, sound, it sounds like a channel just shoved YouTube shorts on. I mean, yeah. hey. 
there you go. Harris? Uh, you can find me at Hair Productions on TikTok, Hair Productions on Instagram, and you can find me here. <laughs> Charlie Johnson, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Good people, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter at CharCharJ, as spelled right here. And you can find me here at the Pod Ones Podcast every Thursday night as we cover our Clone Wars rewatch. Next week will be our final episode of our Clone Wars rewatch, which is Siege of Mandalore. And you can find us every Friday on Stream Lounge. And tomorrow will also be the last episode of our Kenobi rewatch on Stream Lounge. And we will be giving away something very, very cool. You want to uh, be ready for that? Luke, can we announce that yet? Yeah. We already said uh, it in the video. We already said it in the video, Char. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow we'll be giving away a, a Xenopixel lightsaber from uh, Master Allen at Level Up Sabers. So if you want a chance to win a very, very cool lightsaber, go ahead and join our stream lounge event tomorrow at 7.30 or no, 7 o'clock Central Standard no, Time. Seven, no, 7.30. 7.30. Okay. 7.30, 730. Central Standard Time, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And it's only open to people that have uh, watched almost... I think there's a gimme one that we, we kind of decided like, okay, if you've missed one, you're fine. Yeah, like, if you've it's... missed one, then told me to take them out of the running, so... If somebody gets lucky, we might change the rules. Who knows? Well, yeah, just... Luke, I feel like that well, we should we should change it up. Yeah, that's a. Th- I we'll, feel like we'll if we're being later. a bit selective, then to be determined. Yeah, yeah, to be determined. Uh, you can follow us at the Pod Ones Podcast on TikTok, the Pod Ones Pod on Instagram, and Pod Ones Podcast on Twitter. We are also branching out to different franchises now. Uh, we will be doing a watch along and we will also be posting our reactions to House of Dragon is going to be live on day. I'm excited Come for watch that. With us on Cener. It's going to be me, Char, and Alanis, not a Kyber, all watching, losing our freaking minds about the Targaryens and watching the Iron Throne. Up. Well, it's not, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's still about the Iron Throne, but it's not really but you know it's gonna be awesome you see it and then, in the trailer and then also uh we will be doing reactions uh and also watch alongs to the rings of power uh coming up in two weeks as well so if you'd like to join us for that we'd be more than welcome for you guys to come follow us there uh but that's gonna be it on to the next one blind for life we are all the republic and may the force be with you always, always. see you guys it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.